1: Darren Pritchett.
4: Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a terrific day. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Wednesday, August the 24th of 2022. Right now, 86 degrees and sunshine in downtown South Bend, Indiana. My name is Darren Pritchett. I'll be with you until right around 615 when we step aside. For more South Bend Cubs baseball, from Comstock Park, Michigan, where they will take on the Detroit Tigers' high affiliate, the West Michigan Whitecaps. First pitch set for 635. Well, Sportsbeat is coming to you live on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. We also have a video stream of the program available on the Twitch app. Just download the Twitch app for free and search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Our program presented by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the King of Beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza, Since 1978, Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org and by Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Well, in this shortened edition of Budweiser's Weekday sports beat, we're hoping to have a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated's Notre Dame football beat reporter Tyler Horka. At the bottom of this hour, may happen, it may not. He's out at Notre Dame football practice with a little viewing of practice followed by a media session. We're not sure if it's going to work out or not, so we may talk to Tyler in about 20 minutes or so. If not, we'll get into a little Fighting Irish safety conversation. That is plan B at the bottom of the hour. Our Twitter question of the day, yesterday's results coming up. Brand new question coming up today as we look at the defensive side of the football at Notre Dame. And when we get to the 6 o'clock hour, we will wrap up the hour with our sports wagering segment. We go into Sizzler. We had a 3 and one night last night. All went well, and we'll try to do it once again tonight. Our four suggestions are ready to go. That's all on the way over the next hour here on 960 AM WSBT.
1: The first pitch of uh, the first pitch of the night, and we are ready for the first pitch. Of- Into
3: the windup in his first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the
0: corner and missed.
4: Well, first off, if you like a little extra hoopla surrounding a football game that doesn't need any more hoopla than the game itself, I'm referencing the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Columbus, Ohio, the horseshoe, September 3rd, 7.30 kick right here on WSBT Radio. Two top five teams, two iconic programs. You really don't need to build up the game any more than that. From a Notre Dame perspective, Marcus Freeman's first regular season game as head coach of the Fighting Irish, looking for his first collegiate victory. He would love for it to be at the expense of his alma mater. For Ohio State, Ryan Day, they're one of the favorites to win the national championship. This is one of the key games on their schedule. It's a very manageable schedule for the Buckeyes this year. If they beat Notre Dame, they are definitely in the driver's seat for a college football playoff spot. And of course, for Notre Dame, if they win this game, it's going to be very difficult for anybody in the country to have a better victory than Notre Dame. You beat Ohio State at the horseshoe, ranked number two in the country, that's tough to top. Now, if someone can go to Tuscaloosa, and take care of Uncle Nick, then we might push Notre Dame aside. But otherwise, it's going to be tough for anyone to top a Notre Dame win over Ohio State. Of course, there is that fact that the odds makers are not a believer in Notre Dame, a 15 and a half point underdog at Bet MGM. I guess some good news today Jared Patterson. Did not have anything on his injured foot today. Walked into practice, so that's a good sign. He's starting to move around. Still 10 days before that Notre Dame-Ohio State game, so that foot sprain. So you're saying there's a chance we might see Mr. Patterson at left guard at the horseshoe. Knowing the toughness of that kid, the importance of the game, I would be shocked if he's not playing for the Fighting Irish in 10 days. So there's a little of the conversation about the hoopla. Now let's add a little extra hoopla. Now you probably won't think this goes into the category of hoopla. I'm just telling you, this is going to be a national media fascination. There's a very interesting visit that may take place by a high school student athlete at that game, and it has nothing to do with football. You're thinking, now how, why would anybody come to a football game if they're not a football recruit. Well, first off, that does happen. You'll bring in hockey, basketball recruits, other sports to a Notre Dame football game. But in this case, there is speculation that the Ohio State basketball program will have a special visitor on September 3rd. Bronny James, the son of NBA legend LeBron James. He is looking at Ohio State as a place to play some college basketball. And there is speculation he might visit Ohio State for the Notre Dame Ohio State football game. If I'm a high school recruit, heck yeah. I'm calling the basketball office. You know, I'm gonna be in town on September 3rd. How about I drop by? Hmm? 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 Right Judd Smales? Absolutely. So there will be, I'm sure, some shots of Bronny James on the sideline during the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, which will annoy most of the Notre Dame fan base, and I get it. Focus on the game, but that will be an interesting side story to what's going on, the important things on the field as Notre Dame will take on Ohio State. I think from an Ohio State perspective, there's a lot of the fans – Really curious to see what they have on defense. Their defense held them back last year. Michigan rolled right through that Buckeye defense at the big house. Leading to Michigan beating Ohio State for the first time in what, about 75 years? Well, Ryan Day hired away Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State to become the Buckeyes defensive coordinator. Jim Knowles left Oklahoma State before the Cowboys faced the Fighting Irish in the Fiesta Bowl. And Knowles takes over a defense that has plenty of room for improvement. The Ohio State defense last year was 59th nationally in total defense. That's yards per game. Scoring defense, the Buckeyes were 38th. A couple of other areas of interest. Pass defense, now we're not talking pass efficiency defense, but just giving up yardage, 96th in the country at 244 yards per game. And this catches your attention. Opponent offenses against Ohio State's defense on third down. They converted the third down into first down 42.1% of the time. From an Ohio State defensive perspective, that third down defensive conversion rate, 100th in the country. There was about 30 teams worse than that in the country. That's it. That's a staggering number. That makes Tommy Reese smile. The possibilities of converting some third downs at the horseshoe. Now, how quickly will Jim Knowles turn around the Buckeye defense. That's the question right now on Columbus Radio. You go to their websites. How good would the Ohio State defense be? Meeting the media. Ryan Day and Jim Knowles asked about the defense, the defense, the defense. There's really not many questions about the offense. I think the Ohio State media and fan base, and rightly so, feel very confident about the offense. They've got a pretty good offensive linebacker with two AP All-Americans at tackle. They got a Heisman hopeful and C.J. Stroud at quarterback. You've got two outstanding high-end wide receivers to throw the football to. A terrific running back and Travion Henderson. I think everybody involved with Ohio State football believes they are going to score. It's just can they hold down the opposition's points. But we can all agree in today's college football, You can outscore opponents and win a national championship. You can give up 20, 22 points per game. If you're putting up 45, you're in pretty good shape. I mean, we've seen some high-powered offenses cover up for some average to above-average defenses. And I think that's the thought in Columbus. Okay, if the defense doesn't get that much better, look how good our offense is going to be. We'll be able to outscore the opposition. Well, what Notre Dame starts running the football down Ohio State's throat, shortens the game, puts emphasis on that Ohio State offense scoring when they have the ball, then things get a little interesting, and the old Buckeyes might get a little tight on their home field as about 100,000 fans will be gasping as their defense gets run over by that Irish offensive line. That would be nice. That would be a good formula to have a chance to win the football game. In the fourth quarter, head coach Ryan Day, his thoughts on this new look defense that Jim Knowles is bringing from Stillwater, the old four-two-five defense.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you go into that first game, um, you know, guys kind of tweak some things on on both sides of the ball, and um, you know, when you have different, again, different players, you want to utilize their their talents. Um, and again, that's that's the key of a, to a good college football coach. Um, you can't pick up anybody off of waivers or really draft anybody exactly what you want. You got to recruit guys. And a lot of times, you're recruiting the best players available within reason. I mean, you want guys that fit your, your scheme, but you know, you're know you not just going to pass up on a great player. And um, so, yeah, I mean, when you go into that first game, there's going to be adjustments year in and year out based on your personnel. So there's, there's a time where you have to have contingency plans in place for the first game.
4: Ohio State head coach, Ryan Day. Day was also asked, any advantages, any disadvantages? When you consider Tommy Reese, the Irish offensive coordinator, faced Oklahoma State's defense in the Fiesta Bowl. He had a month of prep trying to break down that 4 2 defense of Jim Knowles. Now, again, Knowles did not coach the Fiesta Bowl, but it was his players, it was his defense that was used against Notre Dame and the Irish had great success against that defense in the first half. Now the tide turned in the second half and the Irish defense had their woes. Notre Dame ended up losing by a pair of points. But is that anything to be concerned about? The Irish spent a lot of time learning this Jim Knowles defense from his time at Oklahoma State. Once again, here's Ohio State head coach Ryan Day.
5: I don't know. I mean, you know, they they, they were on offense and, and Oklahoma State was on defense, so I don't know if it gives an advantage to one side or the other. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's unique that, um, you know, you'd end with the bowl game against those two sides, and then here we are the first game. But uh, I don't know exactly what that means, um, but certainly there's a lot of film to watch.
4: I'm going to give a slight advantage to the Irish offense. They did certain things, used certain formations, ran certain plays against various Oklahoma State packages. Now, the player personnel between the two OSU's obviously different. Oklahoma State's defense statistically was better than Ohio State's defense last year. Now, I'm sure on the recruiting scale, Ohio State had the advantage, but it did not play out on the field last year. So, I think Tommy Reese has done things to That style of defense, and he saw how Oklahoma State reacted. I think that gives him a little bit of a heads up in this particular matchup. You know, you start cold against a lot of opponents when you start prepping for a new year. I think it was free prep for Tommy Reese and the Irish coaches that were on that staff for that matchup against Oklahoma State. So I give a slight advantage to Tommy Reese and the Fighting Irish having faced at least Knowles' defense, even though he was not coaching that particular day. Well, Jim Knowles has been around this game a long time, experienced defensive coordinator, had a great defense in Stillwater last year. He spent a lot of time learning his new personnel in Columbus, got a head start as I mentioned, did not coach Oklahoma state in the fiesta bowl. So as he looks at his football team on the defensive side, what are his feelings about his squad at this point of fall camp?
2: I don't, I don't have that many concerns, you know, now that the corners are coming back, um, I feel confident in what we have, um, you know, just seeing it in an actual game live situation, you know, that's every year for uh, a football coach. You know, the first time you put them out there, um, you want them just to play as well as they can, you know, and that's, but that's, I I have no, I have no concerns with them. There you
4: go. Feeling pretty good about the situation. Well, they've got 75% of their defense in, according to Coach Knowles, and that is not an alarming number. He said he was not going to get 100% of the defense in. He's put in a lot of stuff that they will use throughout the year. He never wants to bring something new to his players at the start of a game week. So he's tried to go through a lot of things before the season starts, during fall camp, back in spring practice, He's obviously now honing in on Notre Dame at this point of fall camp, preparing his defense for the challenge of taking on the Fighting Irish. One of the challenges is facing one of the best tight ends in the country, Michael Mayer. Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator of Ohio State, was asked about defending the All-American tight end from the University of Notre Dame.
2: I have to have someone who has size, size, um so he just doesn't get bodied out and and uh you need to have someone who um is uh able to play the run because typically he's around the ball you know around the ball and going out at the same time so you really need to have a a bigger player someone that can get his hands on him early because you just don't want to let him run free i mean everybody needs to know where he is and and uh, including the linebackers, you know, even if even if you're not covering them, you need to know where he is, so so you can be a factor in his in defending him. Guys on this roster who would fit that description are big, maybe. Close. I mean, I think yeah, you could, yeah. I I feel like our 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 all our safeties can do it. You know, we have good. So you know, Ronnie is a, is a physical dude. Lathan is a physical dude. They they may he may be a little taller than them but they're going to they're going to be willing to step up and you know use their hands use their body be aggressive in coverage and that's the most important part
4: Jim Knowles defensive coordinator Ohio State on matching up with Michael Mayer he mentioned the safeties as a key component of defending the All-American tight end from Notre Dame Isn't it kind of nice to start talking about strategy game matchups hearing from the opposition it's been overdue we've been waiting a long time to get a brand new season started the way last year ended the excitement of marcus freeman becoming head coach the excitement of the first half of that fiesta bowl then the letdown on the second half we went through spring ball made it through the summertime almost through fall camp and now here we are 10 days away from notre dame at ohio state in columbus 527 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Regardless of position, who is the best Notre Dame offensive player? You voted on that question yesterday on my Twitter account, at 960 Sportsbeat. We'll offer the results coming up. And today's question centers around the defense. We'll pass along the question and the answers to choose from coming up in just a couple of moments. It is 528. Darren Pritchett with you. Great to have you on board on this Wednesday. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. And we're live on Twitch.
1: This is the Budweiser's weekday Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
4: 5.33 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program. Darren Pritchett with you. And we welcome you to the portion of the program that we call the Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. Yesterday on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat, I offered this SportsBeat Twitter question of the day. Who is the best offensive player regardless of position on the 2022 Notre Dame football team? I narrowed it down to four players. Offensive lineman, an All-American, Jared Patterson, all-American tight end Michael Mayer rising star at wide receiver Lorenzo Styles Jr. or newly named starting quarterback Tyler Buckner you have voted and i almost feel like the question should have been who is the second best player on offense on the Notre Dame football team because it was an absolute landslide. In fact, only two of the four players got votes. 94.6% voted for Michael Mayer, 5.6% for Tyler Buckner. I find this hard to believe because you could argue that Jared Patterson's the best player on the entire football team. Didn't get a single vote. Everybody voted for Michael Mayer. I get it. And I think if you eliminate Mayer and go, who's the second best, I think Patterson probably easily gets second place in the voting. Lorenzo Styles also no votes. So that was a pretty easy question for all of you out there. Michael Mayer, the best player on the offensive side of the football. So the obvious next question is, let's take a look at Al Golden's defense. Today's Twitter question of the day who is the best defensive player, regardless of position, on the 2022 Notre Dame football team. Here are the choices. Edge rusher, Isaiah Foskey, an All-American, 11 sacks last year. Another All-American at safety, the newcomer from Northwestern, Brandon Joseph the best corner on the football team, and I still think the best is yet to come with this guy, Cam Hart. And last year's leading tackler, linebacker, J.D. Bertrand. So who's the best defensive player, regardless of position, on the Notre Dame defense? Foskey, Joseph, Hart, Bertrand are your choices. You can vote right now. All you have to do is go to Twitter and search Sports Radio 960 WSBT or my Twitter account 960 Beat. cast your vote we'll come back tomorrow and pass along the answers to today's question and of course on tomorrow's program we'll have a brand new question for you here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT I think then on Thursday we probably should just combine the lists and go with who's the best overall player on the football team. Maybe it's the winner of the offense and the defensive voting. They go head-to-head in the challenge. That would mean Michael Mayer against? Question mark. Quick note from Major League Baseball today. A couple of years ago, the Yankee slugger Giancarlo Stanton recorded the hardest-hit baseball since StatCast was established a few years ago. If you watch Major League Baseball games, most of the telecasts will feature the exit velocity of the hardest hit baseballs or home runs hit in a game. Well, Stanton had the record of 121.7 mile per hour baseball off bat, and it stood until earlier today, and it was beaten by someone who got a single. It was hit so hard off the right field wall. The player who has good speed, and he didn't dog it, he just hit it so doggone hard. He could only get a single out of it. So now the new record holder in the stat cast air for the hardest hit baseball is a rookie. He's an infielder, and he plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 6'7 infielder. O'Neal Cruz from the left side of the plate today in Pittsburgh. He hit an absolute rocket to right field. And again, Stanton was 121.7. Cruz's exit velocity today, 122.4 mile per hour. And he got a single because he hit it too darn hard. Sometimes you can bloop one down the left and right field line. You can get a double on a ball with exit velocity of 50. In this case, you hit it so doggone hard, O'Neill Cruz, 122.4. O'Neill Cruz was a really good-looking prospect in the L.A. Dodgers organization when he played in the Midwest League for the Great Lakes Loons. Now, the Dodgers used him at shortstop. They tried him over at third base. You just don't see six, seven shortstops every day. So they moved him over to third, which is still unusual. And he played a game at 4 Winsfield against the South Bend Cubs a few years ago. And I'll never forget it. It was one of those nights where it got to the point you felt bad for an opposing player. And that player was O'Neill Cruz. He committed four errors in the same game. And I got to be honest with you. After he made his fourth error, there was another play that could have been a hit or an error. I honestly, and I wasn't piling on. Thought it should have been an error. It was a play that should have been made. Well, the ruling was hit. I don't think anyone argued it because you don't want to embarrass anybody. Let's be honest. And a fifth error, man, that's tough. Four's bad enough but he honestly should have had five. I was okay with four, but that's what I remember about O'Neal Cruz. Wow. A six, seven guy playing shortstop in the night. He made four errors at four Winds field against the South Bend Cubs as a third baseman. Eventually now shipped over to the Pittsburgh pirates. And one of the interesting players right now in the pirate lineup, you got Brian Reynolds, key Brian Hayes, and now O'Neill Cruz has made it to the majors. And as you can see, Pack a little punch to that Pirates lineup. It is 20 minutes in front of six o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat continues in just a couple of moments as we talk a little Fighting Irish defense, in particular the safety position, on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Who's ready to get school?
1: Budweiser's weekday Sports Beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on Twitch, as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with blue and gold illustrated insider
4: Mike Singer. This is a little bit of a surprise. My my bat phone started flashing here in the studio. And what do you know? Mike Singer's got some Notre Dame football recruiting breaking news on this Wednesday. Of course, you can read all about everything we're going to talk about and more at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. But Mike Singer joins us live here in person here on WSBT Radio. A pleasant surprise. Good to talk to you.
3: Darren, yeah, I got the news that it broke and texted you and said, hey, you you want me? I know you're on air. You want me on? And yeah. Here we are. <laughs>
4: Here we go. Well, the Irish have picked up a verbal commitment for the class of 2023. It is commitment number 23. And I'll let you pick it up from here. But basically, Mike, this particular commitment kind of came out of left field.
3: And I love it, Darren. I really do. I mean, my full-time job is covering... Notre Dame football recruiting, which is kind of crazy in itself, right? Different discussion (laughs) for a different day. Um, But, you know, so many of the commitments are, oh, all the insiders did their predictions and everyone knew about it. And, you know, a a kid will announce a commitment date and everyone knows it's where he's going to pick. But Andrew – excuse me, Armel Mookum here, a 6'3", 250-pound defensive end slash defensive tackle – uh, he's from Canada, he's playing ball in Virginia now, all of a sudden just tweets out, hey, I'm flipping from Stanford <laughs> to Notre Dame. Uh, the Notre Dame fan base did not know about this. This young man did not tweet out, hey, got an offer from Notre Dame. No, just he'd never been on campus, at least to my knowledge. Um, this is something that's, yes, yeah, fairly out of the blue. Uh, Notre Dame didn't start recruiting him until a few weeks ago. I didn't hear about this until about a week ago that Notre Dame was really looking to flip them. And um, yeah. I, and I got to talk to the young man for the first time earlier today uh, for a quick phone interview to include, you know, the, you know, his thoughts on this commitment. So you can find that article at blue and and you can sign up to read all the premium scoop, $1 for one year premium access. That deal is still going on there. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so uh, a nice, Nice get here for the Irish. Not a highly ranked player, but uh, one that I think can contribute uh, down the line for Notre Dame.
4: I noticed you mentioned defensive end slash defensive tackle. You mentioned he's 6'3, 250. Do you know if the Irish see him more of a defensive end? Is he more of a defensive tackle? Or is it wait and see at this point to see what exactly they have? How about
3: all of the above? Okay. Aaron? That's, that's what I'm told um strong side end or defensive tackle um you know just kind of see how he fills out um you know like he plays defensive end that five technique at his high school right now but it certainly seems like a young man who is just going to get bigger and stronger he's a workout warrior he's um yeah he, he's I, I personally think he's gonna be a freak show. Hmm. Um, I'm generally pretty optimistic about recruits and have a soft spot for these high ceiling players, so I will admit some bias, but um yeah I think that like my sources that inside the goob definitely feel like I feel confident about this young man's talent. They think that they're getting a really good player here um so yeah, getting committed to Stanford. That's the school he committed to at the end of June. So obviously he's a good student, Notre Dame, Stanford, yeah. Harvard offers. So he's, he's smart, he's bright and uh, he's a force on the football field. The one word to describe, describe him in his game, I would say strength. Like mm. he is uh, maybe force is a better word. like he is just a forceful, strong defensive end and I think he'll, where he'll excel the most is um, in run defense. Um, you know, outside, and then, you know, you put him inside, and I think he can get after the passer as well.
5: Hmm.
4: Interesting. So you mentioned he was committed to Stanford. i mean, intrigued. He's from Canada, of course. Irish fans remember Chase Claypool coming from Canada. There's a a guy with a high ceiling that fulfilled that high ceiling. He was committed to Stanford. I'm just wondering, Mike, did he get many other looks from Power 5 conferences, teams?
3: Yeah, he did. He did North Carolina, Cal, Vanderbilt, uh, Duke, Colorado, if I hadn't said them yet. So it, it wasn't like uh, the elite of the elites after him, but he was over 20 offers, okay. good bit of them, power five schools. I mean, he didn't get his first offer until December. It, this past year was his first playing American football. He played a few games as sophomore. Was it, or maybe it was his freshman season. Uh, I can't remember in, in where he was at in Canada at that point with his football career. But all in all, very new to the game of football. So this is this is the type of player you take a flyer on, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I feel like we've seen this before, where you get you know this this you know player who's um, freakish athletically and new to the game, and it's like man. This young man, you get him in that Bailus' strength and conditioning program, he's gonna take off, and uh, yeah, I, I just I, I feel like this is a, a player who could be a high impact player um, for for the Irish.
4: All right, so Mike, obviously recently Keon Keely decommitted from the Fighting Irish, and that was a big loss from a defensive line and overall program perspective. And the Irish still though, Mike, have a pretty good class of two thousand twenty three defensive line and now you add Mukum to that mix.
3: Yeah, and no, I don't know if they're done. I, I, I think they could end up at five. You know, they don't have a true viper in this class, which is what Keeley was going to play mm-hmm. that weak side defensive end spot. And I think that um, you know, Notre Dame could could still go after somebody. So keep an eye on that moving forward, but um, yeah, it's it's a really good class. Again, it's, it stings when you lose Keeley, but with Brennan Vernon uh, from Mentor, Ohio, uh, he's a, a, a strong interior defensive player. Um, you know, Bubakar Traore is about the same, you know, projection-wise with Mukum in terms of playing strong side end or defensive tackle, and then Devin Houston, another player from Canada. How about that? Um, he yeah. and he's also kind of in the uh, mid-Atlantic, he's up in the northwest uh, portion of Maryland, playing ball right there at St. James School in Hagerstown. He's a, a three technique, that defensive tackle, or maybe even a nose tackle if he gets big enough. So um, it's a it's a versatile group. It's a it's a very good class early on for defensive line coach Al Washington, and again, it might not be over.
4: Hmm. Well, I guess Irish fans have something to do after work tonight. They get to learn about Armel Mukum, someone they have never heard of until just a few minutes ago when you posted on Twitter that he had flipped from Stanford to Notre Dame. And now we're having a conversation about Armel Mookam, you know what? I got to be honest with you, Mike. With the way recruiting is, we know so much about all these players well in advance before they pick their school. This is kind of fun. This is almost like old school, the Tom Lemming 900 line type stuff, where out of the blue someone commits to a place like Notre Dame. It's fun for once. I'm
3: telling you, Darren, I love it. There's just something to a good old surprise. You know, it's just you don't get it a ton, especially at a high profile school like Notre Dame. Um, a few years ago, I covered Mississippi State, um, and I, I remember that on signing day, they they signed a, a junior college player who I you know, like. I don't think anyone had heard of. And, you know, so it, it, that doesn't happen a lot at Notre Dame, um, you know, that, that you get kind of one of these out-of-the-blue commitments. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I love it, and I, and I think Notre Dame's getting a good player here.
4: Can you imagine had you been at Mississippi State right now covering Mike Leach?
3: fun press conference
4: man <laughs> you, you would have a lot to write about i would have to imagine hey that deal is still going on at blue and gold illustrated blue and gold.com for all the irish fans that are not right now a part of that big big subscription base and you want to learn about armel Mukum tonight well mike the deal is still available a buck for a year right there
3: we had a staff meeting today and we asked about it and i was told that it the the, the days are, are counting down here. So okay. when we get a final date on when that's going away, we'll make sure to uh, tell everybody about it on our, our, our website and social media and everything, and especially on my WSBT hits as well uh, to inform everybody that, hey, if you haven't signed up for this, you, you got to do it now. So $1, is a, a, that's the promotion. Not, not a month, not a week. It's a year. <laughs> so if you're on the fence, hey, I've never been on one of these pay sites yeah. before. I uh, want to see what all the fuss is about. I ah, fork over a buck um, for for the first year and, and see what you think. I mean, I, I don't think we'll let you down between all of the football coverage and the recruiting coverage from yours truly and, um, you know, just a, a lively, fun message board of, of thousands of Notre Dame fans. It's it's really the place to be.
4: I will say this, and I'm not saying this because Mike is listening right now, but reading the story about Armel Mukam on the fly here – at blueandgold.com, he had never heard of him yet. There is a long story about Armel Mukum. I'm I'm truly impressed how you pulled that off so quickly <laughs> I, I, today. Yeah, I knew
3: Yeah, I knew about him obviously, but uh, I, I mean, when I woke up this morning, I didn't know he's committing today. You okay. know, so that that's how it goes sometimes.
4: Amazing. Hey, thanks for jumping on here at the drop of a hat and talk a little recruiting with me. Greatly appreciated. And I guess barring something other. Something else out of the blue happening. We will probably talk to you again on Tuesday. All right. Anything for you, man? Have a good oh, one day. Thank you. You're too kind, Mike. Thank you. Mike Singer, he's the best. Notre Dame Football Recruiting Insider. Blue and Gold Illustrated. Blueandgold.com. Read all about it. Armel Mukum, the newest member of the Irish class of 2023. 6'3-250. Defensive end, defensive tackle. Was committed to Stanford. Flip to the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame in the class of 2023. Now has 23 commitments. Read all about it at blueandgold.com. We've got a Sports Center update coming up in a moment, 556 at WSBT.